There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to this week's episode of The Neuro Show. In today's episode, The Neuro Show Tour de France Bike Draft. Who'll go number one? Weight weenie content on cycling YouTube. Who is the king? GCN Race Pass is too cheap. And the Aura Magma. Contador's road bike, hot or not? Let's get into it. All right, Jesse, we're going to start today's episode with the first inaugural Tour de France bike Neuro Show draft selection. Now, I did have to fill you in a little bit on what a draft is, not being that familiar with it in the NBA and the rest of it yourself, but the criteria for this is not like how good the bike is, how fast the bike is. The criteria for our draft is essentially... What is creating the most buzz? What what bike is or what brand is the first one talked about in the bunch, first one talked about at the coffee shop? Who's getting the most bang for their back? And look, a bit mm-hmm. of performance is going to come into that, obviously, because you're seeing a bit more with good performance. But that is your criteria. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be very generous. In the first inaugural draft, you have been handed the first selection. The first pick in the 2023 draft, Jesse Coyle, you choose the... What an honour, by the way. Can I just say, I'd like to thank my friends and family um, <laughs> for coming this far. And my first pick is, it's got to be the Trek Madone. Now, I've I've been heavy on them in the past because I do feel like their pro team, given that Trek is the main title sponsor or was doesn't perform up to standard and promote the bike that well. But what they've done this tour, now given we're only four stages in, they haven't even got a result yet. I feel like there's a lot of buzz around this Trek Madone. It's mostly due to that custom paint they've released. So for those of you that haven't seen it, Mads Pedersen is on a lovely oil slick coloured Madone. They've got Quinn Simmons on a lovely chrome coloured one. And I'm stoked with it. And we know what the two is like. It's a, it's, a, it's a battle of eyeballs. It's a battle of attention. Now, you can obviously go and win the polka dot jersey and roll out a polka dot colored frame, but to basically come out and be stealing a big part of the limelight, at least in my little bubble of social media, without actually getting a result, well played Trek. So they're, the, they're my first pick for sure. I, I feel like this wasn't a really strong draft this year, but... This is probably the unanimous number one pick. I did ask a few other people. I asked some bike shop people the similar sort of question, who would you draft number one? And Trek has seemingly come up across the board. It's funny, isn't it? Like the the addition of Lidl to the, to the team 
has almost like I don't I don't know I feel like there's less pressure on the bike brand to perform in the race and they've been been able to like totally rebrand themselves so mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's uh, it's probably done the job no next up Chris Miller pick who's your top second pick with a draft I feel like you can eat it's too early to start throwing like real random ones in. I'm going to play it safe. I'm also almost going to play the long game here and I'm going to go with the Colnago V4 RS. And it's it's specifically really due to Tade's bike and some of the some of the trips that they've done, the little kind of uh, the additions they've put on it has kind of got me excited again about that bike. Mm-hmm. The carbon tie chain rings, I'm almost fascinated by this because it's. I feel like it's a risky move, having seen some of the issues and experienced it very briefly myself. I, I for for that gain that he's getting weight wise, like it's kind of a risky one. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of tension there that always sort of plays well. Um, and the other thing that cuts through there with me was he's running 32 mil tires. Uh, well, 32 mil rear mm-hmm. and a 28-ish mil front. I, that just – that actually blew my mind that a guy who's trying to win the Tour de France, not do a really comfortable bike ride to the coffee shop, is running that sort of tyre width. So he's also got the carbon tie alongside the brake rotors. He's got that carbon chain ring, which is like – Wow. So you think that's is that getting a bit of buzz, is it? Is that why it's it's up there for you? Definitely. Definitely think that that's that's cut through. It's it's funny. I have I have Colnago people in my life, right? And they they don't have not liked the V4 V4RS. Like that that bike is not a not a Colnago to them. But I'm hearing that this the way it's funny like the way people think, but the the way that this has been tripped out all of a sudden has kind of oh, it's oh maybe maybe there is something in this. So I don't know. It's it's almost it's kind of reframing. I think the the Colnago. So the other thing I think they've got in their advantage is they're running Envy. So as soon as you're slapping Envy wheels, Tade's got the integrated Envy bar stem, the prototype one. It's getting froth. And it doesn't take much. As soon as you put that on a bike, it's just pulling your eyeballs. Because you open your Instagram feed, it's full of bikes. But it doesn't. It just yeah. takes that little bit of envy. And yeah, I I have to agree with you there. It just sucks me in. Playing the long game. Playing the long game there. I just kind of think in two or three years' time, this guy will come good and he'll be a good, solid NBA player. All right. Third selection, Jesse Coyle. Yeah. What are you going to throw I'm at gonna me? I'm going to go... Look, it's an easy pick, but I'm going to go Cervelo, but not not because of the frame. I'm going Cervelo because of the SRAM components. And as you probably... Some people may have noticed, two SRAM picks. So Trekker on SRAM, Cervelo on SRAM. I think the fact that they are running SRAM pulls the attention, especially now uh, Yumbo with... All these weird setups. You got one by. You've got huge cassettes. I think that having them on SRAM is just piquing a lot of interest. And then for Cervelo, it's free advertising because it's all this attention on something that's dressed up on their frame. And I think yeah, there is a lot of froth in the Cervelo camp right now. They're dressing up some weird bikes though, like one by with 
30 mil tubulars. It's it's just all, I almost feel like they're trolling us with some of some of these things. Oh, no, he, he he's going to ride. Well, I, I was actually saying to this to you the other day, I'm like, they're not seriously going to ride like shallow depth wheels on an aero bike with like one by setup. Turns out they will. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, it's cutting through. I will say the color, I did want to mention the the frame though. I kind of thought that was quite nice. It was quite a subtle addition. And the reason that cut through for me is because that's a wrap. It's not a paint job. It's a good old-fashioned, not a bunny hop wrap, but it's a wrap. So they've they've seen the the advantages of the wrap solution and they've gone that route. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, but uh that's yeah, that's that's my pick. What do you got? All right. Uh fourth pick. Fourth pick. Okay, I'm going to say the – yeah, all right. The pick is in. I'm going to go with the BMC Time Machine, the 2023 edition, essentially the bike that Ben O'Connor is running. Now, this is a great example of <laughs> this not being a performance draft. This is a, yeah, froth and what's cutting through draft because I'm, I'm getting some – some cut through here that's not positive. And that, a lot of it has been due to poor old Ben at the back of the bunch with a drop chain, some issue with his derailer, and we're all looking at that 3000 or $3 million rear derailer not doing its job particularly well. So that one for me is in there. The, the paint job's interesting. I will say that the aero, like that aero tubing on that BMC there is some interesting aspects to it. I, I've never seen a fork bow as wide as that. Um, that's That's been a real sort of strange mm. one for me. Um, and, you know, the, the paint job kind of thing, the mm. speed concept stuff surprise is not Surprise pick for me here, Miller. That's a surprise me. pick. For a, for a bike, for a brand that's releasing a prototype frame, I think they've screwed it on the color because it's okay. They want to do that sort of fake keep. Uh, we're keeping it under wraps, but then we're letting everyone video it, sort of thing, which is kind of. I guess that's all right, but I'm gonna call. Uh, I'm gonna disagree there. Uh, I'm not getting much from this BMC, and plus, yes, yeah, not, not, ex- not exactly good advertising. Having Ben O'Connor seemingly spending half the stages on the side of the road. This yeah, I mean this this is where the 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 draft when we haven't quite nailed down whether whether we are trying to be positive or negative with it. The like they they throw weird things in like it was developed with Red Bull Racing. Yeah. I mean, as a sticker on there with that, I'm like, yeah, okay, right, really. Um, Max Verstappen has played a role in the development of this. I'm yeah, I don't know, but look, as I said. It's it's bubbling up in my feed, so I, I will I will hand over mm-hmm. for okay. that. Now it's getting thin pickings from here, JC. But but what yeah. have you got? You got anything for the fifth? Also, pick? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna flip this on its head and do a, a a pick from the bottom, from the reverse end. I'm flipping it around. Who's dudded out this season? Uh, well, this race. I'm going the Pinarolo Dogma. I really. It's Ineos. They don't have a GC contender. They're doing the same old paint. It's not cutting through. I, I don't care about that dogma anymore. And I think Pinarello are just flopping this tour. I don't 
I haven't seen anything that's made me interested in it. Like it's the first time in years I haven't I haven't looked at a at a dogma outside the Ineos bus and gone, yeah, that's hmm. that's legit. Like I mean, yeah, it, it's I don't know whether it's the colorway. I did notice that Egan Bernal they've put some custom paint on his on his bike, which was a yellow line <laughs> and a pink line. It's like wow, uh, you really didn't hold back there, I guys. I think it is the paint uh, because as well, if a video pops up on my YouTube feed. Uh, first look or Ineos Grenadiers team bike for the tour I'm probably not clicking it it's just not interesting me and for such a big brand that has such a uh, frothy I will say uh, product yeah not cutting through for me so big F I, look just I'm going to go with the sixth pick and I am I am going to say the look 795 Blade RS just because I don't think they could have hoped for anything better I mean it's it's a brand that isn't – well, actually, maybe it is because I, I, I did notice with the, the GCN video that, that Simon did where he was talking about some of these bikes and he did a, a long piece on the look. And I noticed in the comments, which I rarely do, I go and have a look at GCN comment section, and I would say every third comment was, wow, look at that look. Wow, look at that look. So it was it was clearly getting some buzz there. And then what was it, stage three or stage two? No, stage three. Um, Victor, Victor did a lovely job getting off the front there and making sure it got some, it gotten some rep there. Because let's be honest, Confidus could have mm-hmm. continued its fifteen years of irrelevance, and we never would have seen it in anything other than a photo next yeah. to the bus. So-, so the other thing is, I think they got a bit of attention at Eurobike too. Did you see any of that? It kind of started at Eurobike. Yeah, I think it was launched at Eurobike. Yeah, started at Eurobike, carried now a bit of momentum into the tour, and. I'm- I, I agree. Just on Victor Lefebvre's stage win, the problem is when you attack from a kilometre out inside the barriers, even if you win, no one sees the bike. So he could have been on anything. You need that side-on shot at the Tour de France of you on your bike and it will sell. That late attack, as good as it is for get the win, it's probably not moving frames because you need that side-on shot. So, yeah. You need to decide on angle. Yeah, no, fair call, fair call. All right, do you do you want to finish up your your draft here, Jesse? You got got any um, more there? Yeah, so I'm going to go another F, and it's this Bianchi Ultra. So, firstly, on a utterly invisible team, and an invisible <laughs> team in which a few of them aren't even riding it because I'm pretty sure Bargill rides the Specialisma and maybe a couple other ones. And the other thing they've done is they've seemingly paid the Tour de France a licensing fee to be the official bike product of the Tour de France so they can do this custom-painted frame and they're selling 136 units or something of these custom frames. And uh, how much would they have paid to use the Tour de France? We know we could imagine the sort of fees that the Tour de France would charge to do that. What's it actually doing? I mean, all I've seen about that was a Cycling Weekly article. We don't actually see the bike ridden in the tour. I don't get it. I am not getting it. Whether or not this is a good thing to do, like it kind of a little bit disgusts me, the whole just limited edition, massive upsale thing, whatever, selling trying to sell your heritage, et cetera, et cetera. Whether or not that's good or bad, I'll leave that aside. Whether it's worked for them is 
here's an example of what a fail this was. We were, we were going through this draft and you were like, uh, I'm going to put Bianchi at the back for this particular reason that you just brought up at 160 frames. And I was like, huh? What are you talking about? Do, I haven't heard that. And I am trying to consume – I am actively going out trying to consume bike content so I can give my input on this and it had completely passed me by. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I, I hate to say it. I think there there was – a long period of this year where I was sitting here going, yeah, really interests me, this bike, really interests me, this bike. I don't know whether it's Arkea doing this to me or what, but tell you mm. it's waning. It's seriously waning. It's just not that good a paint job either. I'm sorry. Like when you, when you look mm. at the Trek Madone one and you can, because they're all competing in that space then. And this just doesn't cut through the Tour de, I think putting the Tour de France logo on the frame is really tacky, even though it was probably really expensive to do. And, big yeah not not liking it i mean they're very generous so if you spend the 15,500 euro on the bike they're throwing in two wheel bags and a saddle cover uh so big big giveaways there oh sorry other thing with the bianchi frame on the down tube on one on the non-drive side it doesn't even have a Bianchi logo. It says Rapato Corsa. Oh, because it says that's that Rapato. Yeah, so that's, yeah. Their in, that's their in-house brand of... I don't know. I, I used to think that's what they called their um, saddles and their wheels. That was their in-house brand. But what's the point? So it means half your, almost half your photos at the Tour de France don't even have the name of your bike on it. I don't get it. Yeah. But Bianchi is your... The word Bianchi is your selling point. And... And so is the colour, Celeste. Like, what are you doing, guys? Like, lean as far into that as possible. Yeah. All right. I'm going to finish my selections up with the Dare. Um, it's the Aero it's, Bike. It rolls off the tongue. It's it's not the V4RS. It's the VSRU. <laughs> VSRU. Now, not because I don't think this is a good mm-hmm. bike, but just because this bike is I'm disappointed with how invisible it's been so far because what an opportunity for this for this bike brand. It's a Taiwanese bike brand. I actually think it's a direct-to-consumer direct bike brand, like one of the first probably that's been at the tour. So massive opportunity for them. And I was looking forward to seeing what they would do around this. We'd see some interesting, maybe some colorways on the bike, maybe even mention it on your website that you're at the Tour de France potentially. Could be interesting. But, uh, again, I just feel like this, unless Christoph's going to come out and smash a, a wet sprint stage win later on in the tour, I just feel like it's going to be an invisible performance for them. And that that kind of disappoints me. Like, I, you know, I, I was excited to see these guys there. Yeah, so was I. And it's, it's a shame because the frame itself is really interesting. I looked at it and it's mm. got some unique features. I'm keen to know more about it. But you go on YouTube and you search Dare VSRU. All it is is a couple of one-minute promo reels from on their official channel, and, and that's pretty much it. So no one's actually done an overview. It would be pretty simple to do. Get Christoph for one of the English native speakers to do a five-minute, here's my bike, here are the features. You know, that sort of thing. It wouldn't be hard, so it's a shame. They just seem to be missing uh, the sort of opportunity there for exposure. And the frame's all black. I mean, come on. Yeah. Look Come at your on. team. They're all, all orange and red kit. You could do something amazing with the color. So another one, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. I've sort of wondered this in the past. Like, do you think, like, you know, that GCN video that goes around the, what do you call it? The 
the paddock. Yep. Do you reckon there's a kickback there? Like, do you think if Dare Dare could go to to GCN and be like, "Here you go, Simon. We'll pay for your dinner." To, like, I just I just want because it's such a valuable thing. Like, I probably don't see the look Blade RS as much as I do if it's not for their video on it. I just wonder how that sort of relationship works. Oh, I, 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 it's in GCN's interest to do a video on it because I'm sure it would get a lot of views. I'd I'd certainly watch an eight eight nine minute. Um, so I, you know, overviewing the bike, but it just doesn't really exist. So I'm yeah. not sure. It's an interesting one. Surely they'd do it for free. That actually reminds me. That's why my Colnago was so high up as well, because I noticed Dave Arthur released a video almost in conjunction with the tour on it. Mm-hmm. And when Dave releases a video for some, un- he's just got this habit of like, I have to go click it <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Um, you, I think I think we're good. I think the first the first inaugural. Yeah. <laughs> the, the inaugural. Uh, oh, can I do quick fire? Bike. I got a few more. I got quick fire. Okay, honourable yeah, mentions. Um, mm-hmm. Good paint, but I just haven't seen much of them. The new, the Willier in the Cav color froth. I like it. Just haven't seen that much of it. And the uh, Merida Reacto in the nice colorway that matches the new colored Merida kit. Nice. Just haven't seen much of it. So points to them. Um, Canyon Aeroad. I think for having two stage wins. They're relying mostly on results for promotion. I haven't seen much froth around the aeroad, at least in my bubble. Um, well, they're trying to make out that the uh, Vanderpol bike, the all-white Vanderpol bike, is the new aeroad. Yeah. And they keep looking at it going, okay, so it's got a different seat post. In fact, what I saw last time was they've actually gone and put an old-fashioned, like the the wedge solution from the front like on the old Devels um in there mm-hmm. the old Devels not that old but you know what i mean so that kind of wedge instead of the one that came in in the back way mm-hmm. so and there doesn't seem to be anything else going on there but they were trying to make a big deal out of this being like oh here we go sneak peek of the of the new aeroad mm. doesn't seem as interesting as we once thought no i have to agree well if we're just if we're just rapid firing yeah, should it um the Cannondale super 6 a little bit of a it's interesting, isn't it? Like how bikes get old so quick. I know that sounds kind of uh, yeah. kind of yeah. sad, but like they do kind of get old really quickly. It wasn't that long ago we were talking to to Jeff at Norcom. I was sort of super psyched about that bike and that bike launch, and now I'm looking at it going, oh yeah, okay, mm. all right. <laughs> so Nelson Powell is running red shorts with his pink jersey. That's that's a questionable decision. I didn't even look at the the, the bike, mm. so I don't know. I just I feel like that's drifting potentially. Mm-hmm. Potentially into, faded. Into yeah, I could, I'll, I'll agree with you there. Um, only other one I had was oh the the new fact of O two that's been it's getting released on the tenth, but everyone's done videos overviewing it already. So I don't know. I don't know why they do that. Like it's been unveiled. We've seen it in every detail. The new seat post. Uh, so. But again, it's just plain black. Uh, mm, it's cool. It's so but, hard to get. I find mm. myself. It's so hard to get excited about just pure lightweight bikes. I don't know. I think it needs I a just... result. I, I I think there are some. As you kind of, I, I feel like there's some bikes that are getting away just on froth. If the paint job really hits home with me, there's other bikes like that new O2 where if Israel get a stage win. And you've got Simon Clark holding the bike. 
and then someone does a 10 minute overview video on it, it it will be hot, 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 hot. But a bike like that, I think, needs a a result. It's not like the dare that people are instinctively going to want to view just because it's unique. I think it needs that behind it. Then there's this, there's these other mainstream ones which we have been frothing in the past but are starting to just die down. You know, the Scott Foils, the Propels. The problem with cycling, it moves so quick. I'm already getting kind of bored of that Jayco colour scheme Propel, the Foil. Starting to lose its luster a bit. I don't know if you agree. Well, it's kind of what I was saying about the, the Cannondale. Mm. I mean... It's it's almost like with, with some of these bikes or these bike brands, they almost benefit from moving from team to team because at least then it gives them a chance, an opportunity to to change up the, the colorway, the look. Like if you, yeah, if you saw Giant move to uh, Ineos or something like that, it would mm. be an opportunity to totally rebrand and, and change the look of it. So, yeah, yeah I, I realize it's a total... Um, a stitch up for them. And, and I don't really know how much it, it moves the needle. So I just wanted to ask you, have you seen the green jersey recently? Not, not, yeah. No. So for some really. reason they decided to make the green invisible. So you can now not see the green jersey anyway. I mm. think it is actually that minty color that is the, the bike that the Bianchis are. and But it's turned into this really kind of muted color that just drifts back into the into the peloton. Yeah. I think was it um, Yates was running it That's the other who it day was. That's right, who I remember seeing in it, but yeah. it didn't pop. You're kind of looking at him going, what's that jersey? Mm. Like, has he got some jacket on? It's strange because the yellow jersey and the green jersey used to, instinctively you look at them and they were, how do I, I'm part colorblind, so it's going to be good, but they, they were the same tone. It was just... The same tone of green and, and, and yellow. So it was instinctively, bang, that's the green jersey at the tour, that's the yellow jersey at the tour. This is on a different... The yellow jersey still pops, and then there's this kind of duller green, to my eyes, anyway. I don't... Shame. I feel like I feel like Map have d- yeah. designed it yeah. or something yeah. like that. It's It's got very... It's got very earthy tones Pantone about it. or whatever they call them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. Draft is done. Our tour, our tour chat... Well, we'll see. Might be done for the moment. But guys, let us know your thoughts, your draft on the bikes and the brands that have popped so far this year's tour. Who is the king of the weight weenies on YouTube, Jessica, in your world? King of the weight weenies. Oh, one comes to mind. To me, it's Phil Garman. His old school. He had the Factor O2. He was doing the hill climbs. He, he was chopping the handlebars, running one break. That era from three years ago, I think, two, three years ago, was he was top of my weight weenie list. Um, I think as well, uh, Ed Laverick, when he was doing his hill climb stuff, was a bit of a weight weenie, stands out. Um, and then as a, as a one-off, back when cycling tips were relevant and made video content, the um, Ronan McLaughlin, when he broke the Everesting world record, and they did that video overviewing his bike, and he had the fairing on the front. I think it was a, a TCR, a giant TCR, actually. Um, he stands out as well as a real white weenie tech head. Uh, so probably, probably those three. Bad to say. I am fascinated that that's where you took this. Oh. That is. So I did have a person in mind, and I had not even considered the people that you just said. So in my world. Uh-huh. The king of the the weight weenies is Rides of Japan. 
Uh, I don't right. know his name. Rides, rides a of bit sad. Japan. I don't know his name. Okay. You've never okay. So yeah, so he a, yeah. he makes okay. this. He's not a like he's not. I, I hear where you've taken that, which is like essentially elite racers trimming their bikes to to win races or or take Strava segments. Like rides is doing it. I think because he has a mental problem, really, which <laughs> I feel like most white weenies who are proper white weenies will admit to having some kind of it's a it's a disease. It clearly is a disease. Like I don't know if you pulled his page up there, JC. Yeah, but, I'm on it now. <laughs> yeah. So, it's, so okay. No, I did see. I no. It, now I look at his videos. So he must get recommended to me, but it's not really my vibe. So I don't watch him that often. But it do, yeah, it rings a bell. So he's got here. Um, actually, no. I watched the most recent one, the Bottle Wars. I didn't realize that was him. So he he he. It was the 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 best edited cycling YouTube video I've ever seen, and it's weighing drink bottles. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that and he's done here. Um, same Varia radar, but twenty five grams lighter. So weight weenie in yep. your Varia radar. <laughs> Fair enough. Sub okay. sub six point six kilo titanium climbers dream. Like he he's doing most of this stuff just as a as a pure. And I think he his like personality is is what the the weight weenie really is, which is this quest not only for like low weight, but it's it brings with it like this um uh it's like a nirvana. I I feel that they're all chasing. And it's it's impossible to eventually get there because you're never going to have zero kilo bike. But um, yeah, it's it's nowhere to go. But the he's, reason I, well, I he, maybe brought him up, he, go on, sorry. he seems a lot like um, he seems like a brother of Trace Velo. They've just gone down different paths, but they're <laughs> cut from the same cloth. Yes, he's yeah. He, he was the brother who was up in the attic that they didn't <laughs> let out. And yeah. So the other thing here, rides of J- Japan. Rides an Aurum Magma, which is kind of interesting because I've seen them around in Australia. I've seen them in Sydney. They definitely distribute here. And this is a bike which I don't understand because we have these discussions all the time and we see it in the comments of people saying these bike brands are taking the piss, the prices are crazy and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes I go back and forth. I see like a $20,000 bike and I think, oh, that is overpriced. And then I see other stuff and I go, well... By the time it's gone through a distributor and yada yada yada, maybe that is maybe the margins aren't huge. And we we've heard that when you did that interview with um, the chapter two guy, Mark Pride, and he was saying, look, the margins aren't huge by the time you go through the chain. So taking his word for that, I flip flop back and forth. But to me, this Aura Magma, which is the Contador bike brand, they're ridden by a pro team, is the definition of they're just taking the piss. Because if you actually look at the frame. It's it it looks like a carbon frame you would have bought on AliExpress five years ago. It doesn't have drop mm. seat stays. It doesn't really have any aero tubing. It's basically just a traditional geometry, mostly round tubed, generic carbon bike. But it costs it costs way more than a giant. It costs way more than. A Merida costs way more than any other brand, and I don't get it with this with with Aurum. Uh, it's an interesting one. It's not a it's not a lightweight frame. What I'm sort of seeing, it's still it's still over a, a thousand grams frame weight. So it's it's not like you're you're trying to go at a 
specialized ethos sort of market or yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah, I mean, it comes back to this to this question of like who is this particular this bike for? And I, well, the problem is as well because well, you, I mean, you bring up that question: who's it for? And if someone loves the brand and mm. feels and loves the bike, then who am I to say it's not good value? And that's a problem I always have when I run in, into these discussions because if people are willing to pay for it. Who am I to say it's not good value? But I look at a bike like that and I say, you're not really getting any R&D. There's not anything about the frame that stands out. You could buy something. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, it, it's a strange one. And it really stood out like a sore thumb at the Giro when they did the bike overviews in the pits, the GCN walk around video. And then they rocked up to this bike and you go, what is this doing in a world tour race? It just looks so mm. far out of place. Well, see, this is what fascinates me is like, we need to get rides on, rides of Japan on, and ask him why he bought it. Because this is a yeah. this is a guy who, like, every gram matters to him. Mm-hmm. So he's he's done this for a reason. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know we'll we'll see people in the comments saying I bought one of these. I absolutely love yeah. it. Absolutely, that's yeah. completely <laughs> fair enough. And you can be annoyed at us for for essentially shitting on your bike I, I understand that but i think this is trying to trying to take a come at it from a broader perspective and i just do want to mention like so last week we copped a bit of flack for people sort of saying oh look the guy these two guys are like laughing at this brand referring to chapter two like dropping their prices like that no we weren't laughing at that we were laughing at the fact we don't see this ever that's more more to the fact. We're delighted there's a brand out there that's willing to say, you know what, our, our frames are overpriced, we're dropping them. That's awesome. What's still the thing that kind of had us laughing is that it's so rare that we've never seen anything like that before. Um, and, it, yeah, it comes back to this, was that was that the potentially the, the beginning of the industry looking at itself going, we're overpriced here, guys. Maybe we need to take things down. Mm-hmm. On the back of that, I mean, I look at I look at this bike and I say, geez, mm. if they cut a thousand US off the price, wouldn't surprise me because I don't really see what what's in it here. I mean, I'm on their page. They say aerodynamics faster by design. You used to have to split between light and aero. We've combined the two to make the Magma a faster bike. What about this frame is aero? I mean, this is where I start to go. You actually are taking the piss a bit because there's nothing about this frame that's aero. It doesn't, like, you know what I mean? So I think mm. it's, maybe that's where I'm kind of getting at is when you get these bikes that make these claims and price it according to that, but you can't, I can't see it. I, I start to question it. It's really, it's an interesting page, this actually, this Aurum <laughs> page. But they haven't even said, so that's the thing. They haven't even said how. It just says aerodynamics are important what is yeah okay but okay hold on read more it's got knacker airfoils right isn't that how every frame is shaped now they always have the back end of the tubes cut off so let us know down below guys who is the king of the weight weenies on youtube who have we missed and the aurum is it arrow <laughs> or do you do you need actual uh Wind tunnel statistics <laughs> to believe it. JC, have you seen the new Bonts? Y- no. 
Give me one second. While you're while you're uh, while yeah. you're you got a moment there, go go and have a look at okay. the new bonds because I I have a take mm-hmm. on these that uh, they there's a, there's a similarity to these shoes mm. from something that I'm, I'm on the quite page now. With. I don't like where you're going, but go. I don't. I know what you're gonna. I, I already know what you're gonna <laughs> say because. Okay, go. Yep. <laughs> All right. So I believe that we are looking at the uh, Nimbles in a rebranded, repurposed. You're absolutely sm- drinking the Kool Aid. The Nimbles, the Nimbles. Oh wow! Were a rip off of the Bond. Okay. The Bond's been around for bloody forever, and the Bond is the first. They're the shoe. So for those that haven't ridden Bonds, Bond is basically a shell of carbon. That wraps all the way up around the side. Your foot sits in this shell of carbon, and then it's just a, a, a upper over the top. That's a bond. That has been around for fifteen years, probably now. And the nimble is a ripoff of a bond. So to say a nimble, to say the bond's a ripoff of a nimble, you are absolutely losing your marbles. All right. So I, I will give you. That there was some similarity, as I think there's some some other brands out there. Some similarity in the sole across the uh, original Bont and the current Nimbles. Now, what the big difference was was that the the Bont upper was essentially a ski boot. It was so stiff and it was flat. It had no curvature to it. It was, it was, and you know this from riding them, like you would look down when you're riding a Bont and it was like you had flippers on. They're just these two paddles down there because they're so flat. Now, I have a particularly bony curved foot, so yeah, you could get a bit of power out, but after about 40 minutes, you're, the tops of your feet were in agony. Enter the nimble, curved over the top, soft mm. leather upper with that nice stiff, stiff Bont-y, Bonty soul, I'll give you that. But that's that's that was enough. Now the new bond is just like, I'm sorry, but that is straight out of the uh, the nimble factory. That I one. don't know how you can claim this. The vapors. This, I'm referring is, to the vapors. this is sickening to me. I want to see patents. I want to no. see patent law enforced on Look, this. Look, I'll give you, nah, I'll give you a credit. Okay, the nimble the nimble was a twist on the bond. And now the new vapor is a twist on the nimble, but that was already a twist of a bond. So it's like a secondhand twist on itself. So I'm I, I still can't yeah I still can't give you that. Uh, but the price okay. I mean all right. Well, how much do nimbles go for? This is six. It's been a while since I bought a new pair of shoes because I've been riding the Rafa shoes, which are fantastic, and I got three pairs, so I'm not looking to change anytime soon. But these are six hundred and fifty Aussie. You're creeping up. Even even the new Shimano S fires are over five hundred. Yeah, okay. Like it's you know Shimano is kind of the the median mm-hmm. for you know it's a it's a bloody expensive shoe. Like it's a premium premium shoe. But yeah, that's it's creeping into the could we could be at the <laughs> could be at the thousand dollar mark in not at long. some point. Duran Ryder will like that. He likes Interest- his footwear. He'll be, yeah. he'll be pleased. Okay. No, they do look like a nimble. I'm going to give you that. They have actually because <laughs> they've got the um, they have the double boa and they've left the front of it exposed. Yeah, okay. Can I ask you another one? I'm just I'm just randomly firing questions. I've got so there, many right? tabs open now. Yeah, let's go. GCN Racing, GCN Race Pass, 
is too cheap. Mm. So hear me okay. out, all right? So seventy. I renewed this week. Um, seventy dollars. Did you use a Lantern Rouge for, code for your discount? Well, see, that's a good question because I've, as a renewer, I, I don't think I get to. I think uh, Patrick, correct us down below, but I would happily disconnect and reconnect. I think mine auto because mine's through like a Apple Pay or a Google Play thing. I think yeah. it just ticks over. Yeah, that's what I mean. Mine ticked yeah. over. Mine so ticked over this this week. Does a code give you a discount? So Does that I give us a discount to, if we were to use it on a refresh? I don't think so. It'd be. I'm pretty sure it'd be new subscribers. Yeah. No, but when you're or, new, the, yeah, the code he has is is to give a discount, not just to acknowledge that it's going through him. Right? There's like a ten percent off, or twenty percent off. Correct. It's like fifteen percent oh, okay. off or something. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of yeah. annoying. Yeah. yeah. You took me off. You took me Sorry. off topic, <laughs> but I'm going to get there in the end. Yep. So that's seventy bucks. I'm in two months. I'll be renewing my NBA Game Pass, and that's three hundred and sixty dollars. Uh, a couple a month after that, I'll potentially be renewing my NFL Game Pass, and that's even more. That's closer to four hundred dollars. Your wife must love you, Jesus. This is streaming <laughs> life, streaming life. So they're my they're my three streaming services, okay. and the one I watch the most is the cheapest, but. The app itself is horrendous, I, I find. It's very buggy. And the Apple TV version, which is the one that I want to be the best, is the worst and the buggiest. So here's, I'm just going to throw that one at you. Mm-hmm. $70, too cheap. We bump no, it up. No, no, we improve no. the whole thing. No. Okay. First off, with the NBA pass, does that give you every NBA game? Every NBA game. Here's your problem. The GCN app doesn't get you every bike race that they stream because it's all geo-blocked. So if the GCN app came out and said, we've got every race globally that we can get access to, you can get it. Sure, I'd pay 200 bucks for that. But it doesn't have that. It doesn't have the big races. So even though I I actually quite like the GCN, the actual app, I, I prefer to watch it through there. You get your consistent commentary team for every race. You just get used to it. I would use it for that, but it doesn't. So it would be like paying for the NBA pass and then a third of the games aren't on there. I mean, dreaming. So that's that's a very good point. Yeah, and, a, very and a lot of the point. races in there are just like backwards things that no one's going to watch anyway. No offense to the, you know, the point ones and the point twos, but they're not pulling views. So that's my take. I wonder whether by increasing the cost of it, they could generate more revenue and therefore be able to do more sharing arrangements or exclusive sharing arrangements with some of those big races that we can't do. Because like you said, so much gets geo-blocked, especially for us, Mm. that I'm assuming it just comes down to money that – there's a higher bidder for some of those some of those events. Like we can't get things like I think it was like there's a strange collection of of spring classics like Gent Wegelgum and that that appear on that other streaming uh, thing. Uh, yeah, blow so, sports <laughs> or whatever it is. And I, it obviously just comes down to money. Yeah. And if you know that was there was a little bit more clout there that they would be able to get those. You're dead right though. I I, I must admit I hadn't compared the NBA and, and GCN like that. Mm. And if we got all the all the races in that one place, you are it right. Was, you're right. It was I think it was Gent Wevelgen was on Flow, which is even more which is way too expensive. And then there's some here that are SBS. 
I'd love if GCN came out and went, all right, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a crowd fund. We need we need to raise a million dollars or three million dollars, and we're just gonna go and buy everything out. So back us now, kind of like an insurance policy. Put your money in the kitty, and we're just gonna we're gonna go wipe the floor with every other streaming service, and then we can all sit back and just live through the GCN app. You mentioned SBS. Can I take this another place just real quick? Yeah. So SBS, just quickly for those of you not in Australia, is is the free to air um, broadcaster of the tour. It's I think they have the exclusive rights of the tour, so we can't get that on GCN. GC um, SBS <laughs> have finally nailed their app for us cyclists. So let me just give you a quick. Do you remember the whole? I remember. Yeah. So you wake up the next day. You wake up the day after the stage. You don't know the result, right? And so you log into the into the SBS on demand or whatever it is, and you had to do this thing where you would squint to try to to find the highlights because you knew that as soon as you opened the app, the first thumbnail would be like winners interview with Van Art. And you're like, no, I now know the result. <laughs> so you had to do this thing, or you'd get like. Yeah, you'd get someone else to log in for you and then you'd be sort of turning the other way going, no, no, it's the stage highlights one, not the winnings one. And the, so, But they've finally nailed it. You go in, it's, it's, it's like separated into stages. They have generic thumbnails. It's extended highlights, full thing, no reference to any spoilers. Congratulations, chapeau, SBS, you've finally done it. What was your protocol out of interest? Nice. Yeah, I used to have to. Well, I used to have to get. I used to have to get my wife to come on and start the video. I'm like, could, could you just press the highlights from yesterday? And then she'd put it on, and then I could watch it because it was. It was just it's like a minefield. You open. You'd open the website up, and you'd yeah risk life and limb to try and get there. Other YouTube Tour de France stuff we saw. Tade Pagacha's coach get rolled out on GCN again. Inigo San Milan for a video. Uh, we've both watched it. I'm a little confused on these because the comments under these videos is like the guy has broken the internet with how revealing the interviews are and how mind-blowing it is. And this is amazing insights and, and things like that. Now, I don't want to just sound like I'm being bitter or jealous because I'm also a coach. I'm not. I just genuinely am interested because the stuff that he says, is that really that surprising? Tade does endurance rides and threshold work and some sprints and he goes to an altitude camp and didn't we all know isn't that just didn't we all know that isn't that just the basics I don't really get the you know the value there anyone you got anything I'm actually just reading the comments now I didn't yep. realize that the, yeah this is fascinating and an unpre- at an unprecedented level the coach of the team which dominated the tour from the first stage in the Basque Country, openly giving information that would have been kept secret only for a few years ago is absolutely amazing. Thanks, Inigo and Sai. 70 thumbs up. Um, okay. So you, you put this in the notes and I was like, yeah, it's mildly entertaining. It was mildly interesting. I did find that his comment about uh, when he was referencing uh, guys coming into the sport, these young guys now dominating the sport, and he was he was sort of referring to the fact that they were coming in as trained athletes 
um, and that at a seven at seventeen, these guys had, were coming into teams and had already been training for th- for four or five years, and that was kind of in my brain thinking, shit, there's thirteen year olds doing structured VO two sessions. That just blew my mind, having knowing a few thirteen year olds. Essentially, what he was saying, you'll be better at you'll be better at saying this. What what was he basically mm-hmm. saying about Tade's training? Oh, he, all he said was he rides twenty hours, twenty five to thirty hours a week, and he does endurance rides. And then he does some threshold sessions, and he'll probably do some sprints too. I mean, there was in- okay. So there was interesting thing he said about how even on the team camps, the riders will pre- prefer to train on their own and ride solo, um, which is sort of interesting, I guess. I mean, we all kind of know that you you go out in a two abreast group ride with your teammates in a group of ten, and you're sitting on the wheels at 100 watts. It's not really good quality training. So, you know, to hear from a coach that the riders will actually prefer to just go out in ones and twos. So they can stay better in their aerobic zone, I think is interesting. But yeah, I I don't really know if I have much else to add there. I was just sort of. Um, I think this is where well, I, I think it. this is where the criticism that we're completely out of touch comes from. Like I'm reading these comments, mate. I'm reading them, and I'm. This is really amazing, amazing to have him talking about how performance training works at the most elite level. The best video I've ever seen. Like. Yeah, I mean, and we're okay. We're not shitting on it. Like it's. I think it was a nice, nice interview. But I watched the entire yeah, thirty minutes. It's yeah. um. It's interesting. Uh, I so, but the only thing is that there have been ones that GCN have done with well to a uh, either coaches or sports scientists that have been. This is one of the best videos I've seen. Like the ones they've done with Tim Podlegar, mm-hmm. the nutritionist from Bora is genuinely he's actually giving cutting edge information and it is really really they that would be justified those sorts of comments and I'm I watch those videos I go wow this could honestly parts of this could be in a presentation at a high performance exercise physiology lecture so that stuff I I, I think is 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 warranted a lot of this Inigo San Milan stuff just saying you know, we do endurance rides to build mitochondria. I, I don't, I just, I think it's just a froth because he's Tadej Pogacar's coach. They do well. But I genuinely just don't feel that he's really giving much good source that deserves the praise it gets. That's my opinion. I think you're right because even even in the comments, there's a lot of just general um, appreciation of the tone of what he's saying. There's no there's no appreciation of anything specific. The only specifics that seem mm. to come up is, oh, the guys train alone. That's surprising. Um, yeah. Mm. So to to actually mm. and I think what we want are yeah, more specific insights and specifically yourself, insights into into training. You know what I was just gonna say? I'm basically going to come out and call myself a dickhead because he's been on a, a quite a few podcasts, on sports science podcasts, where he's given a lot of very detailed information. So the information's actually out there. It's just not in the videos that 99% of the people are going to find. If you go on your podcast platforms and type in Inigo San Milan and scroll down, you will find ones where he's talking about fatigue monitoring, biomarkers for fatigue, yada, 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 like very nerdy stuff. So he actually does put the information out there. I'm just being a bit of a little bitch, actually. <laughs> I'll, That's right. I'll say that. I like it. I like it. And, and I also will say I do feel like a lot of this is 
it still was still dealing with the hangover of probably even like Lance at this point that the winner of the Tour de France, you know, his coach was Ferrari and there's all the scepticism and shroudedness behind it and to even hmm. have the coach sitting down and talking to the, the most warm tea general sort of chat is is a win in that space. And if, if these people watching this think that that's opening it up, then that's that's good. It's a good thing as far as I'm mm. concerned. Um, Which is, but, I guess is that's the point of it is. You know, get a get a coach on that, yeah, probably 20 years ago. There's no absolutely no way in hell they're coming on and saying anything. So this well, is probably a bit of a step forward. Yeah, and what they would be able to say would potentially have been um, illegal. I think an example of it done, I would say probably to a better level, is the interview Lantern Rouge did with the high performance manager from Yumbo Visma. That was good. Where started off surface level, there was definitely some surface level stuff, but then Lantern did push to another level. And, 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 and sorry, I forgot his name, but he, he answered pretty well. So I think that was... A, a, you know, a high value conversation that probably would be deserving of those types of comments that that GCN one got. So I'll just add that in. Yeah, I'll link that one down below. Actually, that was that was a really good that was a really good chat. Enjoyed that one. All right, let us know down below, guys. Uh, should we should we be reaching out? Should the should the man himself be on here? Can Jesse? I would be so irrelevant in that chat. I would offer absolutely <laughs> nothing. I could talk zone <laughs> two with him, but that would be about it. All right, thanks so much for watching this week, guys. Make sure to share this video on to any one of your mates who might be interested in this. Jesse Cole, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.